Hello and welcome to this Wednesday evening edition of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I am, of course, your host, Hunter Hodes. Um, of course, follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Jeez, I'm already stuttering and we're only 15 seconds into this episode. So this is going to be great. For this episode for you guys, um, I have a little bit of a mailbag segment. of I got a couple of questions in. A lot of them, a couple of them are pretty funny. Some call them for my friends at Tech. And then, of course, one from um, the guy who actually brought me on, Sean Woodley. Um, I have a great deal of love for him that he brought me on to do this. So I'll answer that question. But first off, we're going to talk about uh, the Penguins uh, and the way, just the way they've just been playing defensively. I think it's a big topic I'd really like to get into uh, because it's a far cry from where it was last season. So going into the game against the Bruins, um, I found out a couple stats. They had allowed 416 shots allowed, which is 10 best in the league, and their odd man rushes have also um, allowed have also been pretty high up too. Um, goals against average is 2.14. A lot of that though has contributed to goaltending. Um, I said in the last episode, Matt Murray had stopped what was it 81 of basically 84 uh, sh- uh, saves going into it. Hang on, let me check real quick. And yes, yeah, it is 81 of 84. Um, Matt Murray had a 964 save percentage going into the Bruins game, but still. Um, to have a, a goals against average that low, you got to give a lot of credit to the Penguins defense for, I'd say, making it easier on Murray to you know play his game, be comfortable in that. Because last season, even when Murray was struggling, the Penguins were not helping him out one bit. They were giving up uh, chances after chances, being hemmed in their own zone. Um, you really haven't seen a lot of the Penguins being hemmed in their own zone since that opening night dud against the Sabres, who have actually had a really good start to the season. Um, they're, they're at the top of the um, they're doing really good in the Atlantic right now. But ever since then, it's just it's it's been much better for the Penguins. The blueprint, obviously, not being hemmed in their own zone, not giving up the odd man rushes that plagued them against the Islanders. And we'll get to the Islanders game preview um, coming up in one of the next couple of segments. I also want to get to um, Jim Rutherford was interviewed today by Matt Benzel, the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. We'll talk about some of the comments that he made about the team and what he's seeing, what he hopes will improve, and um, just all that. But... Um, it's just the, the Penguins' defensive game. It, it's just it's so much better already. Fifteen games into this season, I think it's probably better than all of last season combined. Like that that that's how better good I think it's been so far. Like the Penguins, despite their playoff sweep and they were playing so bad early in the season, and honestly they didn't really start playing their best hockey until March of last season. That's when they were actually starting to limit their chances, but then their old habits came right back in the playoffs. Um, but they're just they're they're pinching usually at the right times. I know John Marino had a bad kind of pinch uh, towards the end of the game in the third period. I wanted him to get that puck on net, but they're not taking too many big risks like they used to. Um, in the uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? They're just they're not making those bad pinching decisions that would lead to two on ones, three on twos. Game-winning rushes, and they're not. They're also not being hemmed in their own zone. The possession numbers for a lot of the defensemen, of course, except Jack Johnson, have been really good this season. Um, I think John Marino's is starting to go up a bit. I mean, he, he's really come into his own um, these last few games, and also the forwards. We got to give a lot of credit to the forwards. Um, they're coming back and they're helping out the defensemen. It's all five guys like are buying into it. I saw a really good quote uh, from Chris Letang in an article on NHL.com today. Um, he said, we're playing better as a unit of five out there. We're supporting each other defensively. We're coming back hard to the zone. We don't give up as many odd man rushes as we used to. That's the key. It's execution, being forced, 
being focused and doing the right things. It's the details. And you know what? As that, Crystal Tang put the nail on the head, and that's why they should have been the Oilers on on, on, on Saturday. I don't know why I keep stuttering, of course. I, to, I told you guys it's going to be a long episode. Um, they limited the Oilers to 28 shots. Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl below a 20% possession numbers, which is um, – I don't think I've ever seen Connor McDavid's possession that low for a game in my life. Uh, there, may, there may be another one out there. I'd have to look it up. But – um, that just goes to show how good the Penguins' defense are playing right now. And hopefully that continues, even if Chris Letang is out for a little bit. We don't know what the status is of Chris Letang. They, the Penguins had an off day today. Um, he did not practice on Tuesday. The Penguins play in Brooklyn tomorrow night against the Islanders. So he hasn't been officially ruled out, but we'll see during the morning skate if he's there. I, I'm hoping he's there. I'm hoping it's not too big of an, a deal with Letang. There hasn't been any... Um, Update. We'll definitely get one tomorrow, though, from Solomon after the morning skate. He'll probably update. Um, likely, it'll be a day-to-day thing. Um, I don't. Hopefully, it's not long-term. But I mean, the pain. You know, any game without Chris Letang sucks because just how good he is, and you know, just how much he helps the Penguins' defensive game, and how. I mean, he, I, we all know he's known for his offensive game. He's known for his instincts in the offensive zone, but he's a really good defense. Like an act, he's a really good defenseman in his own zone too. Like that, that's the thing, and he takes the matchups against the top players every single night. And he's one of the big reasons I think as to why the Penguins are playing so much better defensively. And before um, before we get to the next thing, uh, Schultz Pedersen, I pre- touched on it briefly. Uh, last episode, um, I mentioned Jesse Marshall's amazing article about the Pedersen-Schultz pairing. They're they're really really good right now. And <clears throat> excuse me. And in fact, um, Jesse Marshall actually had a really good uh, tweet the other night about how just how good they were against the Bruins. Uh, this was about a couple periods into the game. Schultz Pedersen they were at 17 shot attempts for on the ice, seven against. So if you guys aren't too big into advanced stats, what this basically means, they've been on the ice for 17 shot attempts. For Pittsburgh, they've 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 helped out 17 shot attempts, and they've only seen seven shot attempts again. So the Bruins only had seven shot attempts when they were on the ice, and then they had seven scoring chances for one again. So of course, again, seven scoring chances for they were on the ice for seven scoring chances for the Penguins, and only allowed basically one scoring chance for the Boston Bruins, and that was against one of the best team in hockey to start the season. So I mean, this is my opinion. So. They are just on absolute fire right now. Um, I, there's really not much else more you can say. Uh, and and of course the one against was the uh, the Brad Marchand goal, which made it two nothing. But um, Schultz is really coming into his own. I think if he keeps playing like this, he's going to make a lot of money in the offseason. I don't think the Penguins are going to be the ones to pay him. But uh, the pairing started off a little slow to start the season. But um, when Pedersen came up there full time, it, it's really got into a good rhythm. It's been a really big key, I think, as to why the Penguins are playing really good defensively because they're not getting burned, which in the top defense, top defense pairing aren't getting burned, and that, that can lead Jack Johnson and John Reno to play limited minutes as hopefully they don't get burned as well. Jack Johnson, he still has not been good this season, but, I mean, it hasn't been as bad as he was last season. So, I mean, can we, can we just say that? I hope I hope I don't get crucified for that, everybody. Um, but before we get to the uh, next seven, I just wanted to remind you guys uh, about DoorDash, folks. Please, you guys can get $5 off your first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter, pro- uh, enter the promo code Locked On. One of my roommates actually um, used the $5 off their first order of $15 or more tonight so, because I told him about it. And 
he uh, it was a much cheaper deal for him. So definitely please keep doing that, everyone. <clears throat> All right. So um, so I guess for this segment, we're going to do a little bit of a mailbag. We have not done this uh, yet. Uh, I've tried, but no one gave me questions. So um, so to start out, I, uh, we'll, I'll start with Sean Woodley. What do you miss most about our Prince Phil Kessel? Of course, talking because he is a Leafs fan. He's also a Raptors fan. Sean, I love you. Um, what do I miss about Phil Kessel? I miss that smile that he has. I know that sounds kind of weird. Um, I miss having another reliable goal scorer on the ice that can put up a point per game. Um, I, I miss his power play uh, presence. I miss um, him getting back defensively, even though it was a little bit rare sometimes. That he would. I just. I miss him panting on the bench when he was out of breath. I missed all of his shenanigans. I missed all of his shenanigans on the ice. Our two-time Stanley Cup champion, of course, left us in the offseason because Jim Rutherford was mad about the Penguins being swept by the Islanders. But um, yeah, I miss everything about Phil Kessel, um, the other Kessel, because best Kessel is Amanda Kessel, folks, uh, who of course was actually at the Penguins game. Um, a couple, I think she was out there actually like in the game against the Oilers game with Hillary Knight because the Penguins are doing stuff uh, for the uh, women's um, league. Uh, I think it was for the USA Canada uh, matchups that I think they're going to be playing. I think the Penguins were involved with that a little bit. <clears throat> but um, excuse me, yeah, I miss everything about Phil Kessel. He was so reliable, point per game, uh, point per game in the playoffs. I still don't, I don't understand why they traded for him because Alex Galchenyuk has not done um, a boatload of crap. Uh, so far, uh, he is—he's definitely just not done a utter thing. Um, let's see here. All right, Shelton, I'll answer your question. Uh, Shelton asked a little bit of a prank question, but we love him. Shelton's one of my really good friends from Virginia Tech. He asked, "Why did my wife leave me?" Well, Shelton, your wife probably left you because you make too many memes about EDP four four five. And for those who aren't familiar with EDP four four five, I'm not going to say what EDP stands for because. Um, that would be inappropriate on the podcast. If you want to know who EDP 445 is, just type in EDP 445 on YouTube and you will see within two seconds a bunch of videos come up and you just have to watch one of them to see who this guy is. I will tell you that he is an Eagles fan and he rants about the Eagles and I'll stop it there because I'm not going to repeat anything that he says <coughs> Excuse me, on uh, this podcast. It's just, it's just a lot of stuff that is like he just... All right, I'll just say he just he cusses a lot. Um, like I said, words that I cannot repeat on this podcast because I do not want to get fired. But Shelton, that's probably why you probably just make too many memes about EDP. You probably save too many of them on your uh, computer, and she's probably a little bit creeped out about that. But um, also, Shelton, you were probably a little too negative about the Nationals during their uh, playoff run because um, uh, the way the, they won the World Series. So you didn't have to be that negative about it, but. Um, I do love your tweet, though, always going at Grant about uh, Mike Young has checked exactly zero of the boxes that he needed to from April. Um, you should honestly just send that tweet to Old Takes Exposed because it just it gets better every single time I see it. It's it's amazing. And then Nathan Allen, another guy who goes to my school, who follows me on Twitter. How are we going to be celebrating when Landers Nolly, who plays for the Virginia Tech basketball team, drops 69 points on Duke? First of all, nice because 69 points. Um, how are we going to celebrate? Well, we're all going to go downtown and we're going to get, uh, we're going to have some fun. That's what we're going to do. We're all going to go downtown to Sharkies or Tots, top of the stairs. Um, and we're all going to have fun because hopefully the Hokies can beat Duke again. I think 
this would be what the third or fourth straight year that they beat Duke at Castle. I don't think Duke has beaten them there in year in uh, yeah, like I said, three to four years. I have a guy in one of my classes who <clears throat> now he's a junior here now. He yeah he he has not seen them um beat Duke. He has not seen Duke beat Virginia Tech yet at Castle. And the weird thing is, he's a Duke fan that goes to Virginia Tech. So with that says I don't understand. Sorry, Jay, though. I love you, buddy. But I just don't understand that. Um, I'm sorry, guys. This is probably a little, uh, you know, not Penguins related. But um, I wanted to answer those questions because um, a couple of them are uh, from my really good friends from school. And then, of course, Sean asking of us about our good boy, Phil Kessel. Um, back to that a little bit. Um, Phil, we love you, buddy. And, uh, yeah, hopefully uh, Arizona keeps treating you well. But um, to move on a little bit... Um, I did want to touch on the art uh, before we go to the next segment. I wanted to touch on the article that Matt Vensel wrote about uh, talk to Jim Rutherford today. Um, uh, to the takeaway, basically the takeaway is um, he's really thrilled with how the team is playing. But the one thing that uh, Matt said wrote that apparently I'm reading it right now, he's not thrilled about is the record. Jim Rutherford um, was quoted here to uh, from Matt Vensel via Matt Vensel. The wins aren't coming as much as they should be, so we've got to get over that hump, and I believe we will. I would suspect from what I've seen that this team is going to do well in the future and you know what i agree with him um i know like they, they've played really well I, I don't think it takes um an idiot to realize that the penguins are playing their best hockey in a long time jim rutherford also said we've got to get through this period because it becomes harder and harder on the players when you're playing the right way and playing well and you just don't win we've dominated the last two games we've got one point to show for it it's just the way the game goes but that will swing in our direction he also talked about the goaltending, who uh, we all know Mike Murray and Jari have been really, really good this year. He said, our goaltending has been good. We're giving up some goals at key times that are stoppable, and I think would, would have changed our record. That's definitely agreeable, especially a game against the Bruins where they should have definitely won that. We just have to get that consistency. We have two goalies that are very capable. Um, I think the big quote um, was asked about it. Uh, well, one of the big quotes is uh, when Matt asked uh, Jim if he was working on anything. Um, about trades, of course, because Jim Rutherford is always on the phone. He's made, he's probably made, it's got, he's probably in the top five for most trades by general managers since 2015, 2016. It's got to be up there. Uh, but Jim said, uh, I'm not working on anything right now. If somebody calls me today with some idea that makes sense for our team, I would have to look at it, but I'm not calling other teams right now. I'm satisfied with where we're at. Um, so yeah, it looks like Jim Rutherford is like really liking his team right now, but um, definitely, I think as the trade deadline gets closer, I think they're going to try to go big game hunting for someone whenever um, some teams start to fall out of the playoff picture. Um, I think, the, like I said, the big quote um, that came from Jim Rutherford was uh, he said, there's a lot of things I like about where we're at right now, but I feel more comfortable about where we're at today than I have the last two years. And that's a very, very telling quote because it definitely sounds like the, he, he. this is for the first time in a couple years he feels like this team um, is at the level where they can definitely uh, be, be the team that comes out of the Eastern Conference. We all know 2017-18 they were basically gassed. Uh, you were hope, living, basically like I said, living on a prayer that they were going to beat the Capitals and then beat uh, whoever in the Conference Final, Tampa Bay, of course. But um, that was likely not going to happen. But And then, the, and of course, last year, um, the Penguins were just too hampered defensively by two um, not-so-good defensemen in their lineup. Um, they were also just, pit, like I said, pinching at the wrong times, all that stuff. But um, I think I'll, that's the biggest telling quote from the article is that I feel more comfortable where we're at today than I have the last few years. And I agree with him. I think um, like I, I tweeted this during the Bruins game. Uh, that I have not seen a level from the Penguins like I saw with that game. 
um, since 2015, 2016, 2016, 2017. It had been that long. And if they can keep that up, they're going to win a hell of a lot more games than they would lose. And you know what? To get in the playoffs, you know, you got to keep banking points. They will. They always, you know, they, I, I know they always start a little slow. They haven't really started slow, honestly, this season because they're playing really, really well. Um, but they're going to they're always they're going to turn it up as we get closer to the new year. That's when they usually play their best hockey. Um, but if they can keep banking points now and then turn it up, uh, turn it up as the new year starts, they're going to be a really dangerous team, I think. So yeah, I just wanted to talk about that from Jim Rutherford. I always like with how um, Rutherford is so candid with the media. He always just speaks his mind with how he thinks the team is doing and trades and all that. He's probably the most candid general manager in the league. Um, I don't think any general manager talks as much as he does because I think. I don't know. I don't know. I think he just likes the media a lot. <clears throat> if I were general manager in hockey, I probably wouldn't talk as much as he does. But, I mean, you know, that's not me. So, but, um, yeah, I thought it was a really good article. Shout out to you, Matt Bensel. Um, great job uh, interviewing Jim and getting some good uh, content out there for um, everyone to read. All right, so for the last segment, I think we'll just preview the game uh, tomorrow night against the New York Islanders. The Islanders, uh, wow, what a start for them. They started out 1-3, looked like... A little regression was coming, but then, of course, they have now riled off 10 straight wins. Um, I've seen some tweets last night. Well, why aren't they being talked about so much? Well, why? Is it because is it because they're just playing so much defensive hockey? Okay. Now, I'm sorry for that. Um, that's just my voice when I like to imitate people. But it, it, it's literally one of the tweets I saw from a hockey media. Well, is it because they're not scoring enough? Well, you know, I mean... Who what other teams have been burned with a 10-game winning streak at the beginning of a season? Oh, wait, the Philadelphia Flyers. They won 10 in a row one season. They also lost 10 in a row that same season. Guess what? Uh, they I, Was that the season that they made the playoffs? Yeah, they, they, it was. It was. It was. I'm an idiot. Yeah, well, they also lost 10 in a row that season and barely made the playoffs. So and they, then they lost to the Penguins in six games. So... Um, so, you know, like I said, you know, take it with a little bit of grain of salt, but the Islanders are playing some really, really good hockey right now. Um, they're playing, you know, they've bought into Barry Trotz's system, um, his defensive structure, uh, defensive structured system, which is really what it is. I thought they regressed a little bit because of no Robin Leonard, but of course, you know, that's not how Barry Trotz teams do. They always find a way to keep going and Despite having no Robin Leonard, who's one of the best goaltenders in the league last year, they're still going with Semyon Barlamov and Thomas Grice. Uh, Matt Barzell is freaking incredible. Uh, he's going to be a superstar in this league very soon. I was a bit surprised they signed Anders Liebeck. It looked like he was going to be hitting the open market, but he's still there. Um, Jordan Eberle, he was a menace in that playoff series against the Penguins. Oh, my God. He was one of their uh, leaders in points. He was just all around the net. Um, he was just getting so many of their points and goals. It was it was unbelievable. Um, they're just their defensive structure is just it's really it's just it's awesome. Um uh Polak Pelek, uh, I, I love when I um I like to say that because it's just it's funny. Polak Pelek, I would I would love if Paul Staggerwald still called the games just for that reason so he could say Polak Pelek because he'd get so confused. Um anyways but um, they still have those two. Um, Johnny Boychuk is still there. Um, Nick Letty, uh, he's gone down a little bit, but you know what? He's still there. Devin Taves, the young defenseman, he's still pretty. He's still doing pretty good. And Cal Clutterbuck, uh, he's actually off to a pretty good season, even though um, the Penguins fan base and everyone around the league likes to harp on it a little bit. And, but you know what? The Islanders, you know, they're picking right off where they were last year when they uh, 
They roll the they roll the unsustainable season to a success with all their shooting percentages. I mean, for God's sake, I think Valtteri Filippula had like a twenty percent shooting percentage on that team somehow. Of course, he walked, went back to Detroit, but um, that's just how good their season was going because Valtteri Filippula had like his best season in like forty years uh, last season with the Islanders. That's how good he was. Um, but you know what? They're well coached. They they know how they know they know what they're doing with their game. They're they're gonna bore you to death. That's just that's how they play. And you know what? It works. You know, and you know they're not the Devils. They're not the New Jersey Devils. They're not gonna actually you know just trap 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 like they used to do. But I mean, it's definitely not the most fun hockey to watch. But um, they just they capitalize on their chances. They dump the puck in really hard, and their forwards. Their forwards will, they're going to bruise up the Penguins a little bit. But you know what? The key to tomorrow night's game, no more odd man rushes because that is what plagued the Penguins against the Islanders. And, you know, actually try to score on the Islanders and Miners because the Penguins could not score to save their life on Robin Leonard in the playoffs. But, of course, there will be no Robin Leonard. But still, Grice and Barlamov are definitely, um, they're good goaltenders. So, Penguins going to have to try to get some pucks past them and, of course, try to shut down Barzell, Eberle, Lee, and everyone else on the Islanders, uh, Martin, Sezikis, uh, Clutterbuck. Sezikis also had a really good season last season for the Islanders. Um, his shooting percentage was abnormally high as well. Um, will this continue for the Islanders? No, the winning, they're gonna, they'll regress back to the mean a little bit. Um, I still think they're going to make the playoffs because um, it Barry, it's Barry Trotz coaching there. So, um, you know, whatever. But... Um, I hope you guys liked this episode of Locked on Penguins. It was a little different than some of the other ones. A couple of the mailbag questions were really, really funny. Uh, I got to dive into some Virginia Tech stuff. But we'll have another episode coming tomorrow. Um, we're going to try to have a, maybe an episode after the game. Yeah, that's that's the plan. I think the game starts at 7 o'clock. Um, 18D Sportsnet, um, if you're in Pittsburgh. And then um, MSG, if you're in near New York, New Jersey. Um, if you don't get those stations, um, you can just stream it on Reddit um, and find a stream there. That's what I do for all the games that are not on national TV because the game is not on national TV tomorrow night. Um, <clears throat> I will want to say, though, before I go, it's not Penguins related, but why is Red Wings Rangers on Wednesday Night Hockey tonight? That, just, that does not make any sense to me considering those two teams are so bad and they're not going to be making the playoffs. So um, I know their markets are big, but, I mean, come on, man. Like no one, no one wants to watch those two teams besides their the fan bases. But I mean, casual fans would not want to watch that, is what I mean. But in any case, thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you guys really enjoyed this episode, and we'll talk to you guys tomorrow.